0: <laughs> that's my job. So I'm curious, how many of you in here work in an environment where you feel like people just don't fully get it when it comes to a startup, or they don't want to get it? Okay, I saw a lot of hands, so I guess that's why you're here. All right, so what I'm here to talk to you about today is how you cultivate a new team when the people around you don't know what it is, or maybe maybe. don't seem to matter. Waterfall, if you're still doing Waterfall, it's not working for you. It's an Agile it not looking for you either. Everybody around you is focused on just getting things done instead of building the right things. They're focused on delivery, delivery, instead of learning and solving the right problems. And your projects take So show of hands, anybody relate to one or more things on this list here? Okay, you're in the right (laughs) room. That's good. So if you're in the midst of all of this and you're at this conference, I'm assuming you're interested in lean startup. So at some point in time, you probably have found yourself saying, shouldn't we at least try a more lean approach? And the people around you are probably reacting like this. (laughs) I've been there many, many times. So what I'm going to talk to you about today are simple user experience techniques, Lean User Experience, or Lean UX for short, that you can try as soon as you get back to your workplace after this conference. You can do these things immediately to start shifting your team's focus to your users. Now, I made a Lean Startup conference. I don't know if you were expecting me to be talking about user experience today, but user experience and Lean Startup, go hand in hand. The they're so closely related. UX is and always has been about the users. Understanding who they are, what they need, how they want to interact with your products. Lean Startup is about making sure you're solving the right problems and doing things that are meaningful for people. The two things just absolutely go together. So I come from a UX background and I'm gonna share with you some very simple things from the UX toolkit that you can try to start shifting the way that your team views use user-centered work. So the first one doesn't look like a UX technique, does it? Getting out of the building, you've all heard this one before. But I included it because I suspect even though you know you should be doing this, some of you probably still aren't because it's hard in these situations. You get a lot of resistance to it. So what you should be doing is going out and doing quick ad hoc research to get user feedback on your ideas. Not just on your ideas, though. Also, on finished products, whatever you have. It might be a sketch on a napkin. It might be a prototype. It might be a finished product. Whatever you've got, you should be giving user feedback on that, even if you think your team is going to be a little bit resistant don't ask permission, just go do this. If you have this feedback collected and kind of in the back pocket, it comes in handy in meetings, and you will be surprised over time. People will start to listen to that, and it will start to end those opinion-based internal debates that make your projects drag on forever. It will help focus and accelerate your projects. One example I have is I was asked to work on a product that was going to be used by high school students. So the first thing I did because I went out and talked to high school students, got a lot of feedback from them, came back and worked on the project, and then our stakeholders started weighing in and saying, we really think we should change it this way, or we should do it like this. And every time that happened, it was really easy for me to say, that's a great suggestion, but the reason I didn't do that is because I talked to high school students and they said that's not what they want. It's very hard for a stakeholder to argue with that. So you should have this feedback in your back pocket, and if you start finding that people on your team are warming up to it, take them with you when you go talk to customers. Over time, it will start to become part of your culture. So for more information on this, by the way, throughout this talk, I'm going to provide links and names of articles and books. This will all be posted on the slideshow later, so don't feel like you have to screw all this stuff down. You'll get this information there. But um, Thomas Schroeder has written a great book called It's Our Research. He has lots of very practical tips for how you can get out there and do this stuff on your own. And also, the mini startup machine Weekend workshops are really fantastic. They do these in a lot of cities, and it's great at getting you out of your comfort zone if this is something that you've not tried before. Within just an hour or so of getting to one of these workshops, they'll have you out on the street grabbing people and getting their feedback and incorporating that into your products and explaining it to the other people on your team. So that's really good practice if this is something you want to get familiar with doing. Host a persona workshop. A persona workshop is an interactive discussion of who your users are and what they thinking from you. And the format that this follows, get a bunch of people from your company together in a room from all different parts of the company. So you have customer service folks, and they should be there, sales team should be there. Get them all in that room, and start talking about their experiences with your customers. It basically starts out as a big brainstorming session. And then you'll start to form, um, we usually use post-it notes. You brainstorm all these uh, attributes of your customers on post And then you can group them together and start to form archetypes or personas. And what you'll find is that when people in your organization talk about the customer, everybody has something slightly different in mind. And when you host the persona workshop, it gets that out in the open. It helps build awareness of your users and the fact that you have different types might be talking about it interchangeably which really confuses your projects and it also helps just have a conversation about what their needs are or how your product will change their lives this is all about reframing the conversation so that people in your company are thinking about the users of your product right so there's a book that Tamara Adlin wrote called the essential persona life cycle it has great information on how to get started with building personas if you don't have them in your organization or if you haven't done this as a joint workshop with other stakeholders, I recommend that you give this a shot. It's very helpful. Another thing you can try is hosting a design studio. This is another kind of interactive workshop that you can do, but this one, instead of talking about performance, you get people together and focus them on solving one problem. These always follow a pretty typical format. You go into the room, you present people with a the problem they are interested in solving. Maybe it's something that you know is a deficiency with your software or your service, whatever it is that you do. And you give some background information, get people all on the same page, and then you have them individually brainstorm how they resolve that problem. Then they form into teams, and each team comes up with a group solution to the problem, and then the groups present to one another. So. It's a really fantastic way to foster collaboration, generate new ideas, and change the conversation. Again, people who are no longer thinking about their own silos, their own pet features. They all get into this mindset of jointly solving a problem and bringing all these different perspectives to solving that problem. And this is a very effective way to get people more focused on solving the right problem, keeping it minimal, and making sure they get helping your users. Will Evans has a great article. Actually, it's a two-part article called The Design of Design Studio. I have a link here, but as I said, this will also be on slide shortly. And actually, that article is fantastic because he lays out everything you need to know, including what materials you should have available at the workshop, how much time to allocate for each of those different steps that I described. It's all in his article. It's fantastic. He does recommend that you take, I think, a half a day or a full day, I forget, he recommends longer than I think was realistic in a lot of settings. So I basically take his formula and condense it down into a two-hour workshop because in my environment, two hours is about the maximum that I can expect to get from people in other departments. Okay, right, scenarios. Scenarios are narratives that explain how a user will use a product to meet a need. In other words, you're just telling a story. I'm always surprised by how many development teams don't do this, it's so easy, it's so fast. You can write a scenario in half an hour tops. Depending on the scope of your project, it might be one paragraph, it can be half a page, they're not very long. But what you do is you describe the experience that your user should be having, and the things that they need to accomplish, and you don't worry about implementation. So as an example, let's pretend you have a user named Sally, and you know that she needs to just be able to log in to search for something, to locate something and then to complete some type of transaction. This is a very basic example. You can write a little story. That one would be a couple of sentences at most about, here's Sally. Here are the things that she needs to do and why. And here are the steps that she should be able to take in order to be satisfied with her experience. You don't say she clicks a button in the upper right hand corner. You don't worry about that. You just explain what she needs to do. And the value of having these scenarios is that stories are really relatable. They humanize the development process. Everybody on your team will read that story in more or less the same way. The alternative that I've seen on a lot of teams, a product manager or a business analyst will jump right into a project and immediately start breaking things down into little pieces, user stories, and putting them into an Excel sheet or into Jira, and the context is immediately lost. Nobody else on the team understands why are we doing all these different stories, where do these come from, how do they fit together, the scenario is the thing that allows the whole team to understand what you're doing and why and who you're doing it for. I didn't have one favorite link about scenarios to share with you, uh, but Kim Goodwin has done a lot of great work on this. So I recommend if you just go out there and search for some of her stuff, you probably will find something that relates to whatever your particular team needs. She has podcasts and she has presentations online. I believe she even has a webinar on the UIE website, user interface engineering site. Um, I could be wrong about that, but if not, she, she at least has a podcast on there. She's got some great content. But scenarios, you can really do them right away. You can go back to your office and just pick a project and try writing a little story about who are you doing this for and why. Share with your team, see if they respond in it okay so story maps are a logical follow-on from scenarios story maps in my experience have been the single most important tool for connecting the human-centered discovery process directly into the agile process everything just kind of hangs together and retains that context so bear with me for a second i'm going to try to explain how this works for those of you who are not familiar with story mapping But a story map is a visual representation of that scenario that we just talked about. And it also contains user stories as well as ideas or questions that the team may have. So essentially it's a visual backlog. And what you do to create a story map, you use post-it notes if you're all in the same place or index cards, or if your team is distributed, you can use a Google Doc. There are also tools built specifically for story mapping, like cardmapping.com is one. There's also a tool called Silver Stories. Tool really doesn't matter. Let's pretend for now you're using Post-it notes. Really all you want to do is take that scenario, so we talked about Sally who needs to log in, search, find, and complete a transaction. You turn that into a series of cards, So and you go left to right for what Sally needs to do in 24- sequential <coughs> order. So she needs to log in, she needs to search for something, she needs to find something, she needs to complete a transaction. Those would be four separate cards on the story map. And that horizontal row is called a backbone, and it creates that context for your whole team. So they always see that on the story map, but that's what Sally needs to do. That's, That's the path we're creating for her. And underneath each of those, Cards, then you can build columns of just whatever stuff you need to put there in this repository of information. So your stories, user stories can go there, questions from the team, ideas from the team about other features. And the thing that's great about storing that is now you have, let's say you've done this in person on a big wall, you have a whole wall full of information, it's fantastic for facilitating discussions about what your expectations should be because you can see very clearly all these ideas that are bubbling around in people's heads, and then you can say, well, clearly we're not going to build all these things, and we don't even know we should be building all these things. So what's the minimum subset of stuff that we want to look at here for our first experiment? What's this little piece of the story map that we think we should focus on first? So story mapping, absolutely a fantastic technique, and I really recommend that you try it. And Jeff Patton is credited with coming up with that idea. He has an article called The New User Story Backlog is a Map. I have a link to it here. He also has a 90-minute webinar on the user interface engineering website. You have to pay for it. But I highly recommend it if this sounded like something that might have some value for you too because he does a great job of explaining exactly how you go about this in detail. Okay, so we've talked about getting the building personas, scenarios, story maps, Design Studio. So those are five things that you guys can go back and try right away. And when you look at these slides afterwards, you can really dig into all these resources and get some more ideas about how you might apply it. Once you start doing that, I promise you your team, at least some members on your team, will become cautiously enthusiastic about what you're doing. You're not going to win them over <laughs> with all those techniques. But some of them will start to get it. And as soon as you start to see these ideas taking hold, there are a couple more things I wanted to suggest that you consider if you have time and resources to do these things. One is to bring in a Lean UX coach. Um, this is just an outside expert who works with your team, usually in a two or three day workshop kind of format, to encourage further adoption of Lean UX. The reason I recommend this is because it just reinforces and adds credibility to these little current ideas that you can bring into your team. If you've been doing it and it starts to take root and then you bring in an outside person, it really reinforces that, it can make a big difference. I've seen this happen, uh, where the team starts to believe that this is really something legitimate, it's not just something one person on our team is trying to get us to do. Um, For reference there, I just put NEO, there are a lot of good UX coaches out there these days, but NEO is the one that I personally have worked with, and so they're the ones that I'm able to Another thing to try, a little bit more ambitious, but you'll get here eventually, is changing the team structure. If you are not currently in small, cross-functional, autonomous teams, you need to get there. A lot of companies still have a little bit of chaos, where they have any product manager could be working with any designer, any engineer on any given day, everybody's just kind of bouncing around, from thing to thing. It's really tough to get your work done that way. And if you can break into these little teams, you'll find that there's more communication, less documentation, teams really feel empowered to solve the problems that they're being asked to solve. Uh, Just to give you an example of what this looks like, the most successful team that I've seen at my company has one product manager, one UX designer, one front end developer, two back end guys, and then a UX researcher who splits her time between a couple of different teams. So that's five and a half people which definitely qualifies as a two-pizza team. (coughs) Jeff Bezos coined this phrase, and basically what it means is if you bring in two pizzas for a team meeting and there's not enough pizza to go around, your team is too big. All right, one more thing I wanted to suggest is just to make it fun. You have to take this one with a little grain of salt. You have to know your own organization and what's appropriate. In my particular situation, our product team was feeling processed They have so many agile ceremonies that they're asked to do. They're constantly planning and sizing and meeting and doing all of these things that they feel is not necessarily contributing directly to the success of their work. And so I didn't want to introduce all these new things in a way that felt like a burden to them, because they're already bogged down. So what I did, you can only see part of it here, but it's called the Sea Monster map. And I drew out what is our process, what should it look like, our user centered discovery process from start to finish. And this is all I presented to the team. I could teach courses for a year on how to do each of these things, but I didn't do that. I just said, you know, there's this thought process that we should be going through on every project. On every project, we really should have personas, and we should have scenarios. We should make a story map and then figure out our MVP and do some testing. They were receptive to it when it was presented in this lightweight, kind of colorful and fun way. And all of our teams have taken this hard and they are all doing this process consistently now. So just consider how you're gonna introduce it over time and how serious you wanna make it for the environment that you're in. So just to sum up, I wanna offer a couple words of encouragement. You can do this, it just, it takes time. But these techniques that I suggested, they individually sound simple but they do make a difference over time. They will help people see the benefits of being a little bit more lean and taking more of a user centered focus in your approach. What you want to do is introduce everything slowly in a way that seems relevant and compelling. In other words, choose your battles, right? You don't want to unleash this on everybody all at once, but keep an eye out for a project that looks like it might benefit from a persona. Maybe you can see that there's some discrepancies between what people are thinking about the customer and having that persona conversation might clarify that. Maybe there's another project where you can tell that a story map would be helpful, or a scenario. Just start slowly introducing this and pick your projects so that people find it very relevant and useful. You can eventually change the culture at your company if you just continue reframing your work from the end user's perspective. The thing about what we do is everybody deep down knows that they're building a product or a service that's going to be used by another human being, and it's so easy to lose sight of that, and the chaos of the development process and all of the requirements and business demands and all those things. So if you're the person who just keeps gently reminding people that there's a person out there that's gonna use this, and are we making the best decisions for that person, that will start to take root in your team. And obviously, you have to be very patient. Uh, In my company, this process, I would say, took a good two to three years from the time when we started introducing it until the time where I can say with some degree of confidence that our product teams have taken it to heart. So be patient, but just look for those little wins, and and you'll be encouraged along the way. So hopefully this was helpful to you, and I hope that you will go back, try some of these things, and find that in time you'll win the welcome. Thank you. Thank you.